Hello and welcome to Nadea Markets Insights and to this special podcast on the Italian election. My name is Anna Svensson and with me today I have Jan van Gerig. Hi Jan. Hello. You've looked a bit deeper into the Italian election and I can of course recommend reading your research note on emarkets.nadea.com and uh, we'll also have a, a bit of a discussion here about uh, the main topics. There are, of course, quite a number of important questions uh, around this outcome, both for Italy and also for, for the rest of us. And if we start with the latter, are there sort of an Italian Macron uh, likely to, to win this election? Well, no, and I, there's not really uh, had maybe, well, I guess you can almost say, almost say that the Italian Macron is Berlusconi since he seems to be coming back and he seems to to get people to vote for him time and again, even after a number of failures. And uh, of course, we're talking about very different numbers. Berlusconi's party is polling at uh, below 20% and uh, Macron was a landslide. But uh, but still, it seems that Berlusconi's party is gaining in the polls uh, towards the end as well. So he has some charisma that the Italians like, even if he hasn't been able to, to deliver on his uh, uh, big promises before. But I guess he doesn't have the charisma that, uh, that for instance, Merkel likes or, or even perhaps the French uh, president. Well, no, but let's say that he's probably not the, the, the most hated Italian politician either in the European circles. Uh, he's a populist, of course, and talks about what he thinks can win votes for him. But uh, compared to some of the others, I think that he's at least had a, a softer tone towards Europe lately. That uh, he used to talk about, or last year he talked about the need for a parallel currency in Italy, uh, which raised further worries uh, uh, in, in the European circles. But now he's actually reversed course, said that uh, Italy, Italy couldn't leave the euro area. It would be impossible technically. Uh, it would destroy the economy. Uh, and also he's taken a softer tone on that uh, he wouldn't necessarily scrap uh, the, the 3% deficit limit that many other Italian politics, uh, politicians actually want to, want to ignore. Is that because it's more favorable now to him to, to kind of change that, uh, that view, that uh, kind of the popular opinion is... Uh, is changing and that's why the populist is changing too or do you think something else is uh, at stake? I think that's clearly the biggest uh, reason. Uh, we saw in France last year that there was uh, this battle between anti-Euro uh, Le Pen and then Macron and the, the, the latter clearly prevailed. The, the anti-Euro rhetoric didn't really, uh, it wasn't a vote magnet. And I think that the, the the main Italian parties are uh, are seeing this. Uh, Berlusconi isn't the only one who has reversed course. I think that what markets was, were mostly afraid before was this five-star movement, which actually is still leading the polls if, if one looks at individual parties. And they had this uh, suggestion that uh, if they were able to form a government, then the first thing they would do is have a referendum on uh, Italy's Euro area membership, and then uh, bo- uh, recommend that Italy vote to leave the euro area. And now they've reversed course as well. Their candidate for for prime minister has basically said that uh, that now is not the time anymore for Italy to leave the euro. 
and then uh, this referendum is only a last resort. What they aim now for is to have more fiscal leeway with uh, with Europe uh, to be able to to have bigger deficits, and with that, uh, uh, be able to implement their uh, their program. And I guess there's a bit better likelihood to to that actually materializing with the new French president, and and perhaps that's also why the next Italian leader will uh, will probably have to to be in good terms with uh, both the the German and and the French leadership to actually get some of these uh, more fiscal leeway uh, issues uh, through uh, to to actual uh, law. Yeah, I think so too. We have a precedent for that as well. We had worries uh, if we go go back five years in France when uh, when uh, Mr. Hollande had his populist campaign. And of course, his one threat was that uh, he would want to, to renegotiate the fiscal pact, the fiscal compact at, at the time. And then, uh, if he couldn't get his way, then there would be trouble. And uh, then, of course, he got some uh, nominal uh, changes to that that didn't really change the message to a large extent. But uh, but Germany came uh, came and uh, showed some flexibility, and then everything was okay. And then all the worries disappeared. Basically, I think this is. Uh, I could guess here as well that uh, that there will be some flexibility towards Italy because the alternative is so much worse that if we get a real populist government that uh, at worst would threaten to take Italy out of the euro, then uh, of course a little more fiscal flexibility is a much uh, better outcome. I think it's, it's not talked openly, but... Uh, People in Brussels are terrified uh, about populism, and then they they are very prepared to make some concessions if if they can keep the populists at bay with uh, with such policies. Yeah, for good for good reasons, of course. So you're basically telling us not to worry too much about having an, a very clear anti-euro government in in Italy after fourth of of March. Yeah, I think that threat has receded. There's still the the Northern League left that uh, uh, is part of the centre-right uh, coalition with Berlusconi, Forza Italia. But this centre-right program, they didn't mention Euro at all. So even if the, the Northern League has openly itself been adamant that uh, they would, if they led the government, they their first step would would be to take uh, Italy out of uh, out of the Euro. But alone, they are polling at below 15%, and they, they are basically the only bigger anti-euro voice. So it's it's very far-fetched that their stance would prevail in, in, in any government. That's uh, that's pretty good news, I think, already. Um, but then on the, the uh, other side, the more important stuff perhaps for, for the Italians, uh, what, what kind of reform uh, agendas are are the three different uh, coalitions uh, fighting for? Well, that's that's basically one of the the problems from uh, at least from an economic perspective. If one looks at at uh, at all at a longer perspective, if one looks at the performance of the Italian economy, it has been one of the worst performers in the euro area during the, the euro era. Uh, itself, it clearly has structural problems uh, about the rigidities of the labor market, uh, how uh, inefficient the judicial system is, and uh, uh, and uh, and so on. Uh, and uh, there are really no uh, structural reforms uh, featured in the campaigns. What there is is uh, basically a competition that all the main 
groupings want to cut taxes. Uh, even the, the the Democratic Party, that's currently the, the Prime Minister Party, they I think they are still the their program looks to be the most responsible one in terms that they they just want to stop at three percent in terms of the public deficit, whereas you have uh, the financial movement and. Uh, they're talking about citizen income and uh, uh, and uh, citizen pensions and uh, huge investment programs uh, and uh, don't talk that much about finance. And then you have the center right who wants a flat tax system that uh, they want to, well, depending who you ask, but they want to reverse at least some part of the pension reform that was done earlier, and that's going to be really costly. So I think what's featuring in the campaign that I guess is not uh, that uncommon in uh, in elections, but then you basically don't have any grouping that uh, seems to take responsibility for the longer term. They just want to 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 have a populistic or popular policies in the short term without uh, thinking about the longer term consequences. But that I think is is perhaps the the real concern here. Also, to to think like five years down the road, what what will save. Italy then, because we already have a way too high debt level and a structural growth level that's not too much above zero. And if no one wants to to change anything structurally, but just want to sort of spend more or or tax less, uh, I guess we will have some kind of a debt issue with Italy, some some road or some some way down the road. Yeah, so it seems uh, at the moment that uh, it's quite a poisonous cocktail if you combine already high public debt, uh, weak government, populistic uh, politicians, and no economic growth or very weak economic growth. So, so that's that's not really an equation that can end well or uh, actually balance. So, uh, I think that even though that the, the risk of Italy or something going badly wrong in Italy, let's say this year is smaller than it looks, for example, last year, then the, the medium-term risks are as, as real as ever. It's, it's, it's hard to see how this can end well uh, unless there are real changes. We saw some hope when uh, Prime Minister Renzi, uh, that has now stepped down, when he was implementing some labor market reforms, uh, judicial reforms, uh, changing the banking system to, to some extent. I think then there was hope. Now it seems that all this hope is, is gone. He's still uh, part of the, the Democratic Party's campaign, but uh, their popularity has been heading lower for several years already. So it doesn't look likely that uh, his agenda would actually uh, be prevailing. And that, like I said earlier, he's not even campaigning with these reforms uh, in, in the election. I think that that would be Italy's hope that uh, there would be more structural reforms. But unfortunately, that doesn't look to be the, the end result here. So basically, if you're telling me that there's less reason to worry about this anti-euro um, campaigns or sentiment in, in Italy and, and more reason even to worry about the debt levels, should we actually look at the, at the bond markets rather than the FX markets for for some kind of fears related to the outcome of, of this election? Well, you are seeing some uh, some worries in the bond market. It makes the ECG is buying, which, which means, of course, that the, the outright levels are low. But if you look at the, the inflation area, country-by-country differences, you can actually see that Portugal, the, the old crisis uh, child, uh, its 10-year bond yields are actually now lower than Italy's. It's 
inte haft ågå till elektromagnetiskt avsörjande eller i så skapande system av solar utifrån handbag från Portugal. But I think it's a reminder that the, the course Italy is on it is problematic and uh, some some time way to the future when we don't have a central bank having this kind of policy and uh, owning a major part of uh, of Italy's debt and maybe even the, as as the steps planned to to deepen Eurozone integration uh, talk about the need for a uh, uh, debt restructuring mechanism for government debt as well limits to to how a big part domestic banks can own of their uh, uh, own sovereign these changes they uh, they look very problematic for Italy if they don't change the macro picture and uh, so far we have we don't see any signs of real changes so uh, i i am worried longer on Yeah, and it's already this year. I guess we already have the ECB scaling down to 30 million euro or billion euros a, a month, and then later down to to 15 if everything goes like uh, like you predict. And then next year, then there will be much less uh, support from uh, from the ECB to to the Italian government. Doesn't that also force their hand in in some way? Uh, again, uh, seeing that uh, bond yields uh, are spreads at least to to similar countries like Spain and, and Portugal is uh, is kind of widening? Well, I, I don't think the government sees the, the spread widening, small spread widening as a big problem since the outright levels are so low. Uh, you can, uh, of course, see in Italy that they've had high debt for a long time. So actually, they, they haven't been the biggest... Uh, breakers of the stability and growth back at least deficit wise uh, uh, in the past say 10 years but of course if this will change with the with the new government if, if they will get a government and they will go back to higher deficits and the debt will actually accelerate debt growth will accelerate again then of course it's a problem and uh, i think that's uh, a trigger that you could be looking at that uh, if if we see government debt yields rise clearly then that would be a wake up call for for the government Uh, that uh, we saw so many times during the sovereign debt crisis that uh, well you're seeing that there's not that much pressure but when you lose market confidence then suddenly there is huge pressure and now of course the the central bank's support measures are keeping that risk remote but but it is coming i don't think it'll come come uh, yet in in the next or say say this year since the ECB is still there but the support is diminishing all the time and then at the same time it's, it's the Italian problems underlying problems are only growing so the the day of reckoning will come but it might be two to three years uh, ahead still maybe I'm too optimistic maybe it'll come before but uh, that that would be my baseline no no I I think it sounds very reasonable Could we just talk about the timeline from from now on? Are there some kind of dates that we should be uh, be looking out for ahead of the uh, the election, and, and what do you think markets will look like ahead of this uh, election? Well, we'll see next week the the actual candidates in uh, uh, in the election. I don't think there's that that much focus on that uh, uh, ahead uh, or, or outside Italy, really. Uh, so uh, it's it's early March, the election day. I think that the headlines you are seeing on Italy will uh, increase as we head closer to the vote. I don't think there's any uh, specific individual day that you should uh, have such close eye on, apart from the Sunday uh, um, Sunday's election on on March 4th. But uh, other than that, then it's uh, I think it'll gradually 
market interest will pick up as we go closer to the vote. Thanks a lot, uh, Janne. To to conclude, I have just uh, three questions for you, and if you can just answer very uh, shortly, then uh, first one: Who will win the election? The centre-right uh, coalition will win it. Will Italian bonds sell off at uh, any point in the run-up or the aftermath of of the election? I think they will feel pressure. Uh, I don't expect to see a, a major sell-off, but pressure, yes, higher yields. And final question: Will the next government serve its uh, full term? No. Thanks a lot, uh, Janne. And, and once again, uh, please go into uh, emarketsnordea.com, e-markets.nordea.com, and uh, read uh, Janne's research note. Goodbye. Thank you.